Welcome to the Pain Podcast, presented by Le Peuple Scientifique. We are thrilled to bring you a platform that unites clinicians, researchers, and pain advocates in sharing a pursuit, understanding pain. In this series of podcasts, we aim to bridge the gap between scientific knowledge and practical applications in the field of pain. Our episodes will feature insightful discussions with leading experts, exploring the latest research findings, innovative treatments and emerging trends in the realm of pain. Whether you are a healthcare professional seeking evidence-based practices, a researcher diving into the depths of the pain mechanisms, or a dedicated advocate striving to improve the lives of individuals in pain, you are welcome. Check out our website, get confident and competent in treating pain. Start today. I'm Bart van Buchem, I'm a pain specialist physiotherapist. I'm your host today, and in this today's episode of the Pain Podcast, I join you. Uh, I've been joined by Luke Bongiorno. We've recorded this session a while ago, and um, um, as a sports physiotherapist and director of Neu Group, Luke is a dear friend of us, and he shares us some valuable insights, particularly uh, on the experience of working with elite athletes. So definitely get ready for this enlightening conversation. Uh, it won't disappoint. But that's not all. Um, I also want to tell you and uh, notify you about the, we're bringing confident, the Clinical Confidence Series with Dr. Ebony Rio. She's in the same space as Luke in sport athletes uh, and pain. So she will do, give you a deeper dive in the intricacies of working with athletes um, in pain and in the realm of sports, obviously. Uh, we're confident you will find these discussions both informative and engaging. So for more exclusive content, be sure to sign up at lepopscientific.com. We hope you thoroughly enjoy this session. I mean, I'm a physiotherapist, so I trained here in Australia, but I've been based in New York for about the last 25, 26 years. I wasn't originally in sports. In fact, one of my first jobs was uh, respiratory physiotherapy, cardio, in, as we call it here in Australia, and mm -hmm. um, neuro, working with multi-trauma um, head injuries, spinal cord injuries. So I've always had a fascination with sort of that neuro-orthopedic kind of link mm. um, and over time uh, just through working in New York um, and you know being exposed to lots of different people I've sort of gravitated into sports um, largely because um, I think athletes are now realizing that there's more to a knee than just the knee joint mm. and the shoulder and when you're talking about injuries and recurrent injuries and, and time off it's a really big deal because for a professional athlete or an elite athlete, um, that's their livelihood and understanding their body and being able to sort of understand, well, why do I keep getting injured or why am I still having this pain? Um, it can be really traumatic for them. For, for a professional athlete, their body is their life, um, particularly for some of the elite higher level ones. Mm. They can't actually go on the street without being recognized, without being um, judged. They can't play a game. They're, they're constantly under scrutiny, microscopic attention in every aspect of their life. So for them, um, the ability to sort of trust a health professional um, and their circle of trust is, is mm. very, very small and the stakes are a lot higher for someone who is not necessarily a professional athlete but their body or their movement or their 
ability to do what they need to do is still very important, but you know they're perhaps more broadly diverse in in what you know how they can live their life and um, perhaps the level of attention of focus on that is not quite yeah. as great. A lot of the times the perception of a professional athlete is, wow, these guys are very highly paid, they've got so much money, they've got big egos, all of which is, is true to a point, but they're also vulnerable, they're also mm. very, um, they're human, they suffer the same feelings, emotions as any other athlete. I was, I was in a car with the NBA, this is first round of the playoffs, he's just come back from a um, double quad tendon repair. And, you know, he's not knowing. He's come back and he doesn't know if he's going to be in the roster for the game. You know, mm. they've got a very strong team. Um, he's played a few games and he's just sitting there thinking. And he, he articulated there was me and him and his basketball coach, uh, and not team coach, but skills coach, just in an Uber and he's going, I, I just want a hobby. I just need a hobby, <laughs> you know. And it sort of made me think, well, he's a guy that's, he's nervous. He's, he's questioning himself. He's sort of thinking, well, why do I wrap up my identity in basketball? I need something else. I know because it's, it's, the stress is so much for them. And yeah. from our understanding of pain, we know that stress, you know, deeply um, is involved in a neuroimmune response to pain and function. My feeling is that it's definitely changing. You know, I've been involved in, in professional sports at the elite level for at least the last 10 years in uh, European soccer, in American basketball, football, tennis, like different sports. Yeah. And, you know, particularly with male mental health um, being where it is, there's definitely a greater level of acceptance mm. you look at the word biopsychosocial what is what lights up if you're a professional athlete psycho is in my head it's, it's go well i'm not making am i crazy am i making this up it's not in my head i'm an athlete i'm professional i'm strong it malaligns however they can't understand or they can't articulate why they're feeling the yeah. way they're feeling and it's a, the same sort of fear avoidance behaviors um can ensure but but you know particularly i've worked with the nba players association with the unions and now the acceptance that you know it's okay to not be you know the macho or the traditional i got i got to get back or no pain no gain you know that's that narrative has changed to you know k-n-o-w pain k-n-o-w gain understand your body and understand what gain is um, can really help um, break through some of those hurdles and barriers. If you consider pain as being a protective output by the brain, you know, to based on mm. a, a threat level of danger, and if you're even if you're not necessarily feeling pain, but if there's pain avoidance behaviours, if you're not mm. loading the knee, you know, we know now that loading tendons in a tendinopathy is really beneficial. Um, and even joints with uh, arthritis, the work by Tasha Stanton, we know that um, you know loading uh, can actually help cartilage regenerate. Okay, mm. there's definitely science that that um, you know I've got to rest it now. Um, you know, isn't necessarily true to the science. That doesn't mean go out and mm. run a marathon. We've still got yeah. to sort of follow a step by step process. Um, but I think understanding that. Um, can really impact performance because if you're tentatively 
avoiding without even knowing it or without even necessarily being made aware of it, um, you miss shots. You're not going to go in with the same level of intensity mm. that you might. So key messaging broken. is, you know, you can have an MRI scan. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you need to have surgery. Right. That, that, that disc that you're seeing. And it's very hard. A lot of these athletes are very visual. They see an image um, and they need to wait until they see another image mm. that shows that it's healed. Okay, oh, yeah. We know from the science, and you can explain this to athletes, but you may not get the buy-in. They might nod their head and agree with you, mm. but they're not necessarily buying in. I can start with, well, that disc has inflammatory material. Mm. If you have less inflammation, if you were to take another image, it might actually look different. Or have you ever noticed that it feels different depending on the day or depending yeah. on the context? Mm. You start to question them and that starts to get them to sort of think a little bit more about, you know what, it isn't all the time or there are some days that are better than others or, you know what, when I am under stress, it is worse. Um, you know, when I see that, when that coach is trying to tell me to play and I know that I can't play, it does feel worse. Mm. It does, I do get more muscle tension. Mm. You know, there's... It's a, the like, acknowledgement of that. Yeah, the acknowledgement. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. through a line of questioning. You're not necessarily being explicit. Mm. Um, but you're framing your questions as a, as a clinician um, in a way that helps them to understand a little bit better. That Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we start to do a body scan. So I can use my hands. You know, I'm still I consider myself mm. a manual therapist through exercises. What mm. are you feeling? If they're yeah. pain and there's tension of their knee, I asked one athlete, I said, all right. I said, um, you know, what percentage? If you were to take a map of your body... I said, you're a numbers guy? Yeah, I like numbers. He loves money, mm. making money. And da, 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 da. So if you were to take a map of your body, what percentage would that knee represent in a, in a map of your body? He goes, the knee or the leg? I said, well, you know, the knee and the leg. He goes, well, the knee may be 5%, the leg maybe 10 15%. I said, well, how mm. much time do you spend thinking about that? He said, all the time. 100%. 100%. I said, well, is that very fair to the rest of your body? Should we start maybe mapping out and seeing what are you feeling here? How does this feel, mm. hip feel compared with the other hip? Yeah. Take a breath for me. How does that side, how does that side of the back feel compared with the other side? And you start to get them to scan their body through either physical touch or just through you know, verbal and visual cues. Well, the goal is for, for them to understand or to yeah. learn, think outside that box of that they're thinking. You know, mm. to expand their narrative. Oh, wait a minute. Actually, I didn't realise that. Challenging a bit. Is it, is Challenging. It, but it, athletes love to be challenged. With, right, yeah. In a, in a way that they, they don't... They, they're not... It, it, I grew up thinking, oh, yeah, the dumb, the dumb athlete. or the, They're not. For the most part, particularly the ones that get hurt a lot, that put their body on the line, mm. they're often very intelligent. First of all, they know their bodies. And I will remind them of that. You know your, your body. I know the body, but you know your body far better than I mm. do. My job is to learn it. Of course, yeah. I need to learn you and I need to learn your body. I need to learn about you, what drives you, and I ask them questions in, in that realm. So through that, I start to introduce the idea of learning. And I might ask to them, well, do you want to actually know this? Well, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Hmm. You know, but as I'll, depending on their age, you're 26 now, you're 29. How many more years do you want to play? 
how do we get to longevity? Do you want to be reliant on someone or yeah. to do it a little bit on your own? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm 10,000 it... miles away right now from an athlete I'm working with. Yeah. I wish I were there sometimes. You know, I do because I also enjoy the connection as a therapist. Volume of people uh, that are involved and the messaging that they're getting from all over, that can be very stressful and very intense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and challenging to deal with. Um, at the same time, getting back to, um, you know, some of the, the similarities mm. we were talking about earlier is they, they can freeze or they can shut down mm. a little bit, um, yeah. just like any other people can. Um, and we've got to treat them like that, that human side, oh, yeah. um, you yeah. know, it's like the old, that they care what you, they know that need to know that you care before they care what you know. So it's not a matter of just like, you know, spitting knowledge at them. Oh, it's, right. yeah. it's showing them that you're there to help them to understand them. And, you know, I work, I work for the NBA Players Association. I work independently for the athlete, not necessarily for the teams. And, mm. you know, I could be messaging one thing, but then they might hear another message from another coach or their surgeon or a doctor that fits in more with a biomedical model or, you know, and, and the challenge is to have a, what's the word we use, um, multidisciplinary kind mm. of approach, similarly to as you would in a workers' comp yeah. situation to get that communication or messaging um, somewhat streamlined mm. to help the athlete. Um, and that's, that can be a challenge in professional sports. You know, you're dealing with a lot of egos and, um, <laughs> well, you know, for the most part, young guys in their early, mid-twenties yeah. that have been elevated and see themselves, and they have to see themselves as incredibly valuable assets. Hmm. And, you know, in a way, they've been robbed of a, a normal opportunity to, to grow up and, you know, depending on their family background, but, you know, they've, they've been put in this sort of bubble yeah. um, and, and haven't had the education, perhaps, if you've finished high school and completed a normal college education. So, I mean, a lot of them have, but th their focus has been really on... Yeah, their sport. sport. Yeah. yeah, it can be a challenge when you're trying to educate because you're sort of thinking, all right, well, what's their learning style? Mm. Yeah. You know, and 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 find out what they like. You know, I have one one guy that loves superhero movies. So I'll be like, well, yeah, you know, you you know, you're. I'll start to quote a superhero film with great power. You're a very powerful human with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, Spider Man. You know, they <laughs> they can relate to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's true because, you know, as I said, you're not a weak individual, even though you're not at your best right now. Mm. I know you're not, you, you're, you're not at your best, but your hardware is still the same. What we, the, the message, I guess, mm. is that your software, or you, we need to upgrade your software, i.e. neuroplasticity, bioplasticity, rewire um, what, how the brain is releasing chemicals and... and uh, desensitizing or, or normalizing um, yeah, the one with, with the knowledge can sort of put things perhaps in context maybe not at the time but sort mm. of you know we do a lot of breathing techniques a lot of sort of parasympathetic mm. um, activities I tell them I, you know th this is what the Navy SEALs do you know you start oh, yeah, to yeah, sort of compare them to oh wow the Navy SEALs aren't there yeah. so, so just because you you know mm. how do you react to mm. when you go down how do you respond to the challenge how can you remain calm in a stressful situation 
and then from that they can put in context um, you know what's going on so you know what I I trust the knee you do yeah. you trust your knee I don't, there's a guy in the team that I'm working with who's you know had a clear hamstring tear and he's wanting to come back he's 34 years old he wants to come back early now just if you look at just normal tissue healing times even if he's not feeling mm. necessarily the pain, he's probably not going to be performing. Yeah. Um, so so just so for a, is it better for the team yeah. that he waited out a week yeah. or waited out a few more days, even I, if he's not feeling I think feeling this is pain? a great example. So what should this this athlete know? What should he considering? Well, he, he thinks he's he should return to sports. Sure, and I, I've literally heard from an athlete's mouth, I don't care if I can't walk when I'm 40. I want to play in the World Cup. You know, this was in 2014, you know, getting ready for the World Cup. It's like all, how much does the World Cup mean to you? Everything. He's a soccer player. He played for Italy. It's everything. I don't care about the future. What I care about is now. But perhaps this guy at 34, well, you know what? This could be my last playoffs. I want to play. It's it's in a way a little bit selfish. Would you you try to talk them out of the Well, idea. I can try and put it in context. I say, in context, right, right, yeah. Let's, let's give a, what's, what's your fear here? And I, you know, I asked one of the athletes, what's your fear? Yeah. Well, my biggest fear? Well, death. I said, well, what are you afraid of? I'm like, I don't want to go to hell. I said, will you go to hell? No, I'll go to heaven. Anyway, but, <laughs> but you just start, you never know what the answer that's going to come out of someone's mouth. But, but it's, what is the scenario? If you don't play, well, my team needs me. Mm. Um, I'm level-headed, these are young guys. They need someone with my experience. You know, it's, I do. It's our egos, or but but it's also yeah. com, there can be an element of truth to that. Yeah. But can you modulate how much perhaps you should be there hmm. as a as a mentor, as a a leader of that team? But perhaps you may not perform. How are you going to know when you can pull yourself out? Well, I should be able to play, but what are the consequences? There are a number of examples. Kevin Durant recently, you know, had a calf strain tear, was resting, and Mm. then went out and played playoff games and tore his Achilles and was out for basically a season. Now, was he loading his Achilles during that time or was he just resting? All right, you've strained your calf, but you know, your Achilles still needs to be loaded. Your other, Mm. you know, tissues need to be know that from, you know, you know, current level evidence on the human body. Um, We know that, you know, if you've strained your hamstring, it takes a certain period of time for that tissue Mm. to heal and adapt. It will have them stand Mm. up sometimes and close their eyes and get them to do a marching test. And their bodies might turn. They open their eyes. Oh my God, did you feel yourself turning? No, I didn't. Uh, so, well, there's a, a mismatch between mm. your eyes are making these adjustments. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You course. know, subconsciously, your body may not feel centered. Now, breathe into that side. And, and they, they can like learn it, right? By of course they can. Learning and, by challenge. And, and, and to see, to get them to win at the end of yeah. the day, they want to win. You know, <laughs> you, it, you, you, you win through changing something, change and, and yeah. the ability to change your, your thoughts and beliefs about something or your perceptions about something. That's mm-hmm. what... In neuroplasticity, we, that's how mm. we actually restore some sense of equilibrium in our, in our systems oh, yeah, as yeah. a human. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate to, first of all, be involved with, with Neugroup at the level uh, I am and, and the teaching, but also 
exposing, you know, being exposed to these situations yeah. um, is very interesting for me as a clinician because, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about, you know, that, you know, that connection. Mm. Um, of course, yeah. And, uh, you know, being around people, I'm fortunate to be around people much smarter and much more athletic than myself. <laughs> Thank you.